Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. Join me as we take a look into the darker side of success. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I'm realizing now that I say this week and sometimes I don't release for weeks and sometimes I release multiple in a week. So hopefully you guys are not sick of hearing this week's episode. But this week I've got Mark Reed here with me. Hey there, Mark. Hopefully I pronounced that right because I did not do any research. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I've got one of those easy names to pronounce. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I said, I said, uh, that I just started with a whole different letter on somebody and it was an easy name as well. I just <laughs> was absent-minded. So do you want to give the listeners a little bit of info about you? What I call a, a shameless brag, a humble self-promotion, <laughs> whatever version of that you can muster to like brag about yourself before we talk about some of the harder times. All right. Yeah. I, uh, let's see. I used to be a college professor of English in at multiple universities in Japan. I, uh, then, became, uh, well, actually I did it on both ends and in between, <laughs> I was an attorney for 10 years. And uh, then I, yeah, then finally I, I host a podcast called uh, Zen Sandwich. And so there's your sandwich right there. The bread is the uh, professor uh, tenure or the, yeah. But this Japan, I meaning it's Zen stuff that that's the bread. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the meat is a bunch of law bullshit, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, and then I, I left all that stuff to become a, uh, a washi maker. That's washi is uh traditional Japanese paper. And so I'd make that like origami paper or was, I mean, well, no, cause origami paper is like really thin so that you can fold it, you know, all those into cranes and different stuff. This is like uh for paper screen sliding doors or for calligraphy or art. It's actually got multiple uses. Yeah. Yeah. Calligraphy is what I was picturing. Like, and I see the stuff behind you. Is that the same kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, like the uh, that's yeah. the the scroll itself behind me is cloth, but the the paper in the middle of it that would be washi. Okay, cool. We didn't make that one, but yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I've never heard the term, so yeah, that's why I always explain yeah what it means. How'd you get into that? Uh, a woman, of course. My my wife is a <laughs> my wife's Japanese. A woman. Yep. Your wife. Shout out to a woman. I like that yeah. you didn't. <laughs> Give her much more credit than that. You know, I mean, women get us into all kinds of stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm grateful. <laughs> okay. So this is quite a pump up. So you used to be an ESL uh, professor is what I'm hearing. And you used to be in law. And now you talk about your podcast maybe a little bit because I haven't heard you pump yourself up yet. You're like, well, you know, it's Zen. So I should be humble, right? Uh, it, the name of it is Zen Sandwich. So sandwich is spelled in the sort of uh, slangy way, S-A-M-M-I-C-H. And I named it that way because, yeah, the Zen part, it does, I do talk about some, I, do, I talk about practical Western modern Zen. This is not a show for an aspiring Buddhist monk. This is just practical solutions for guys like you and me. And so the sandwich part is like, hey, don't take it too seriously. So I cast that pretty wide. I interview people like yourself or uh, authors and entrepreneurs and artists and, you know, just anybody. So I'm rereading it now and I just connected with him on LinkedIn, but I don't know if you've read Tempers Unhappier by Dan Harris. No, it's basically a book on meditation for people who are like us and don't or, are, or 
you know, you're not in America now, but I will always be an American. <laughs> I mean, but you're not in America. It's what right, I mean. right, right. So he's basically writing a thing saying, I never thought I'd be writing a book on meditation kind of thing. And mm. it's really good. So I just bought a copy for a friend. I'm rereading it. So I'd write it down. If I were you 10% happier yeah. by Dan Harris, All right. meaning I would just highly recommend it. And I just connect with him on LinkedIn. Maybe at some point I'll, uh, get to talk to him but he he does amazing stuff and he has an app that goes along with it that does meditation things and so i'm trying to get better at it you're not talking about sam harris are you nope that's the atheist um yeah, author yeah. i also had a sam harris on my podcast that i did not yet release i don't think i'll ever release it because he changed the name of his app from before and after we recorded so now it was called <laughs> singify now it's called reason so sam if you're listening i'm sorry I wanted to release your episode because you have the name of a famous person and maybe people would accidentally find it, but <laughs> I couldn't even do that. That's what I need to do. When I can't land the celebrities, I need to find people with the same yes, name. That's how I got a big bump at first, but it was just Beautiful. a random thing. Um, unfortunately, someone who was famous had passed away and I, I had a guest two days prior who had the same name. And I was like, <laughs> this is not, hey, you not great. I don't mean to cut in. You want to talk about a failure before we get to my real failures? Of course. I killed Betty White. Let me tell you this story. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, man. I I kid you not. I'm not making this up. You put it out there. Here's what happened. I swear this is 100% true. So I uh, I was on Twitter, and this was like in late December of last year. And I was like, hey, man, Betty White's got to She's got to be getting really close to 100. So I looked up her birthday counted the days and then i i put a tweet out and i and i have my biggest following on twitter i have like eight thousand, which is not huge but it's you know eight thousand people mm -hmm. and uh i put a tweet out there that said hey uh betty white turned into 118 days get ready for the party or something like that and i went to bed i live in japan right so like when i go to bed you know america's waking up so mm -hmm. i go to bed and you know i wake up and the before i actually see the news you know, that tweet had gone semi-viral. It had gotten like a few thousand likes and all stuff. And then she died while I was asleep. At, right after I, I posted that tweet out of just coincidence. And I had all these people like, dude, you killed Betty White. So there's my biggest failure. Honestly, <laughs> the name of the episode is going to be I Killed Betty White. <laughs> I, it, just the, the coincidence. She lives 99 years and the day that i tweet hey her 100th birthday's coming up she dies i know meaning i i so i had a guy named fred moore on my podcast i wait like three months to release his episode then two days later fred moore a high school football coach or whatever collapses dead on the field and i'm like what first of all i i didn't know that i just was like why is this one going bananas all of a sudden and i think it was just the algorithm because people wouldn't uh. stay if they just if it was like they expected a high school football coach but it was really a magician productivity <laughs> coach Right. I'm pretty sure they would go, okay, I'm not going to listen to another episode of this <laughs> podcast also, but, you know, in the future. So, right. meaning I think it just picked up that people were searching that name. And gotcha. you know, so that was my first bump of that. Before that day, I was one download a day still. And I was like a year <laughs> into it. And I was like, gee. I remember um, those days. Yeah. Um, so that's that's hilarious. And I absolve you of all wrongdoing when it comes to <laughs> killing you. Betty White. I mean, she had Thanks. to go at some point. Everybody. <laughs> probably tweets about her every day, but you were just one of the ones that got caught up in the, yep. in the accidental uh, prediction you made there. But so when we talked a little bit in the uh, green room or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I think you said that your, one of your first failures was either just the idea to go to law school. Was that what it was or no, what happened? I, I actually was in 
Japan at that time. Now, I haven't lived in Japan continuously. I came back here in uh, 2019, but uh, I was in, but I did live here in 2004, 2005. And I, um, you know, so I was much younger then, and I was thinking, um, you know, I want to go to law school. And I thought much more of myself than I should have because I, so I applied to eight different law schools and it's expensive. You pay each time you put in an application. I, I spent more than 400 or 500 bucks on putting mm-hmm. all this together, getting letters of recommendation, all this stuff. And I had applied to, uh, they weren't all Ivy League schools, but it was like Columbia. I didn't apply to Harvard or Yale, but I did apply to like Columbia, Georgetown. Uh, George Washington University, which is a prestigious school, uh, people, some people outside of academia aren't aware of, but it's, it's really high up there. And anyway, eight schools and, you know, you got to apply like a year in advance and you don't get your letter until like, it's too late to apply to anywhere else. So I Mm -hmm. apply in December of whatever year. And then I wait in April, I start getting the rejection letters then. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Okay. Well, at least my safety schools will come in and my safety schools were temple and uh I can't, I can't remember the other one but i thought surely i'll get in the temple and uh i didn't i got on their waiting list and then, and then in august they're like nah nah you know you know you're not you're not coming here so, nah so yeah man it was I, it was devastating so you got in the, you were over what eight over eight over man because i was just thinking about my when I applied, I rebounded though, but I'm sure you did. I mean, otherwise, I don't know if we'd be talking, but <laughs> I applied to Harvard. Oh, wow, because my grandfather went there, same name as me. He was oh. in the Hasty Pudding Club. Also, nice. he when he married, when he graduated from Harvard, my grandmother, who had my dad, mm-hmm. was negative nine years old. She she was in her she was 22 and he was in his 50s when they met. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow. so. Anyways, I thought I'd get into Harvard because he had my name and he was in the Hasty Pudding Club, which is like the acting. And legacies, that's a way to get in. Yeah, this. exactly. I was like, I don't deserve to be, but just let me get some of that weird clout that I can't even picture. I did get into Cornell, but that was School of Industrial Labor Relations. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I was told that would be the best way to get into the school. But I was mm-hmm. like, I, I can't afford it. And also I needed a scholarship. So I went with one with a scholarship. But I think my safeties are like Vassar or something like that i was just trying to remember like what were the safeties but if i didn't that's good ones, that no, meaning like i had the same idea as you temple's good too. oh i think yeah 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 you know meaning like i could have easily been rejected from all of them i didn't know i just right. happened to luck out or i went to like a all guys catholic private school that prepares you for college so they probably have better yeah. whatever acceptance rates and stuff like that but mm-hmm. meaning i easily could have been in that book because i did not have a real true safety school that I felt yeah. safe about it. even though wait listed to BC. So uh, I know what it feels like when you're I, like, oh, what, what do I do? Should I wait? Was, I, I'd applied to Boston College and Boston University as well. Th- those were part of my 0 for 8 year. Didn't get into those either. <laughs> when, I'll, it's it's I'll, hard to talk about this. Believe it or not, even though the story has a happy ending, like reliving it right now, I'm like, ah, you know. <laughs> I get fired. So my story is I've been fired from every job I've had since graduating college, which is now six for six. So I, it, there was a while there where I was like in the same boat as you. The more you talk about it, though, the less that stings and the more it becomes funny. But it took a while, but yeah, I was five for six when I started the podcast. So meaning I got fired during the podcast about how much of a failure I am. So awesome. Maybe well, you're, so you're qualified. Not, At least you're qualified. Yeah. To do- 
<laughs> you're an expert. I'm doubling down. Exactly. And I also totaled the car that this is attached to. So negative manifestation is real in case anyone was wondering. So you, you get rejected from every school. You still go to law school or no, you decide not to go. Okay. So uh, this is the, you know, getting pissed off is a tremendous motivator. Sometimes (laughs) it's like, I mean, when I got that eighth rejection letter, I mean, the ultimately the eighth was temple saying, Hey, I know we know you're on the waiting list but we filled the spots. You're not coming. And so, and it was too late. To I love go the way you talk as them. They're like, Hey, we filled the spots. You're not, you're not coming. Like, it's like we're like, nah, we're good. Like, it's like, I wish they said it like that. <laughs> that's, that's the way I read it. And, um, but I, uh, so then I've got to wait a whole year because, you know, by the time I get that letter, it's too late to apply anywhere except for like maybe the, you know, whatever the bottom, like there's only yeah. like a hundred, you know, there's like 3000 universities in the United States, but there's like only 187 or at the time that I went 187 ABA American Bar Association approved law school. 187 on a motherfucking. Yep. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you can get into like the 187th at the last moment, but I'm like, you know, uh-uh, I'm going no to start up. halfway through a year. So you got to like, really. So I, uh, I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'll stay in Japan. And uh, I did and worked here a little longer. And um, I'm like, I, I've dusted myself off and I applied to eight more. I took the LSAT again, applied to eight more. And then I was eight. No, I got into all of them. I applied to Michigan State and they're all and they were all good schools. Uh, I, I applied to Michigan State, Louisville, um, Syracuse, which is where I wound up going. I wound up mm-hmm. uh, choosing Syracuse. And uh, and then my safety schools were like Sanford or whatever, not Stanford, but Sanford that's in Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. And so uh, you went from 0 for 8 to 8 for 8. 8, eight no, correct. No, I don't like the win loss version that you do. I'm like, I like the. <laughs> well, it was 8 and eight. You're right. Over two years, it's 8 and 8. You're right. Because it I was, was in 500. Yeah. Yeah. But at least it doesn't matter. You're the time it mattered, you batted a, a thousand. Right. Because they don't know about your prior year failure. No, right? no. That, yeah. I didn't mention that in the application. That's why I had to do this because I could go through. I was five jobs deep and I didn't even realize I, I was fired from my jobs because I didn't have to face it with future employers. <laughs> I could just lie my way through whatever interview. Yep. And I'm like, I got to face this or I'm going to just keep getting fired from every job. And then I realized I don't even want to work in corporate America and they don't want me. So why on earth am I continuing to go back? So I'm done I until I can't yep. afford to feed myself. And then I'm going to try to do it again, probably because <laughs> it's like, it's what my degrees are in and I can right. make six figures doing it, but I do not want to do it. And it's well, not like I even keep the money. I just spend it like an idiot. So. Yeah. Same here. That's uh, my wife is Japanese and the culturally like women sort of are the accountants of the family. And oh, at I first that. that, yes, I was going to say like at first it, it put, put me off as like, you know, hey, I like to be in control of my own money. Uh-uh. It is such the best thing in the world for me. Isn't it funny that I said <laughs> I need if I that? Have it, I, I just spend it, you know. I have an undergrad in accounting and a master's degree, MBA with a concentration in accounting. And I'm like, I need an accountant. I'm like, <laughs> what's my problem? <laughs> married, married Japanese woman, man. That'll take care of itself. But I should already know the right I mean, I know how to do it for other people with not my money. But when it's my right. money, it's like playtime, you know. Mm, yep. Or I don't Same have to here. follow the rules. So it's like, okay, I know the rules. I just don't want to do it. But mm. all right. So you 
you're on your comeback story. You're doing the Rudy thing. They carry you into the law school on, and they're chanting your name. <laughs> Pretty much. Read, read. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then is it amazing? Are you like, oh, or are you like, oh shit, this sucks. Well, <sighs> law school. I mean, both. Yeah. I mean, both. Like, I don't regret going to law school. So, I mean, the other failure story that's related to this is I, I, I practiced law for 10 years and then I walked away. I, I wasn't a failure. The law was, it failed me. I, I just didn't want that job anymore. Kind of like you didn't want, you don't want to work in corporate yeah. America. I don't want to work in law. I'm sick and of so, rich people trading money and me tracking it. Absolutely. Also, I hate how that, now I'm realizing, I hate how they say you practice law. It's like, give him some credit. You know, he's not practicing. He's, he's already practiced in school. Like give him like a acting currently a lawyer. No. I don't like that they say practicing law. Cause it seems like it's, well, I, I know that it makes sense, but it's like, well, I've been practicing law all my life, breaking it, you know? So like, yeah. uh, or like even being a practitioner, I guess that was practice. Yeah. But my point is it seems to be discounting, even though it's really super hard yeah. to pass the bar and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I was a prosecutor at first, so I was a, a an assistant district attorney, and uh, I thought that would be... ADA. Yep, I was an ADA um, and in upstate New York, and I had taken the New York bar exam, and I uh, so I was an ADA up in New York and in criminal law, and I, so going into that, I thought, you know, okay, good, I'll get to put bad people away, all right? And that's not that I like the idea of putting people in prison, but just I, I was thinking like, like child molesters and rapists. What's that? Oh, I was, I would worry I would fuck up the defense and then get a guy convicted. Meaning well, I, I, I was a prosecutor. What did I would pick the prosecutor I mode? Cause I know I can't accidentally get someone I see in jail if they're innocent, but then I actually can, if I'm have to prosecute. Yeah. Yeah. I got when I know that they're innocent, which is probably where you're going to go, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, no, actually where I'm going to go is that I, and I'm not, we're not going to turn this political or anything about defund the police, but I just found that like there were a lot of, and cause there are a lot of great cops, but there were some cops who were just overzealous in their arrests. You know, I get mm -hmm. these files on my case or on my desk and uh, I'm like, you're kidding me. This is not a case, you know. It's the guy who likes to be on on trial and like giving his testimony. So he's like always feeding a bunch of people into the because I was on jury duty. I know that mm -hmm. usually the cop involved has to be on, you know, right. on the stand and do his whole thing. So I'm imagining the people who do more of that are either, you know, D-bag cop, cops. No offense to everybody who's listening. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm actually tied to a law enforcement Facebook page where it all gets pushed yeah. to there. But I might be off it by now. We'll see. But it's either that or I think maybe they want to be in the courtroom a bunch. So they're like, the only way I can do that is with these ridiculous charges. And I got to go then plead my case. I, I think it was a little bit of a power trip because I was in upstate, like really, really upstate New York. I was in St. Lawrence County near the Canadian border. And like, I, even if I told you the biggest towns in that county, you wouldn't have ever heard of them unless you're from New York. In upstate New York uh, with an S. Syracuse, where I went to law school. Yeah, isn't that right? So this was it's even upstate. more upstate. So okay. yeah, it's that's up, what I think of. If you're looking at the map, Syracuse, it's everything. It's like Niagara. Well, that's near Buffalo, and then uh, okay. um, if you're looking at the map, they the New Yorkers call anything north of New York City upstate, even if it's like 30 minutes outside. I know Sawmill Sawmill Park or Sawmill River. Like my yeah. ex used to live in uh, near oh, what's it called. Oh, what are the near Yonkers, but not that. But either way, they called it upstate, and it's like it's two feet away from New York. It's like and it's just right from New York City. It's like so much more state. 
Right. And Syracuse is the same way. It's kind of in the middle and it's not even that far north. And, uh, you know, it's closer to like Pennsylvania state line than it is, you know, the Canadian border. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, my job was that I got the first one out of, out of law school was in St. Lawrence County, which is next to the Canadian border. And um, yeah, I, th- I think those cops were just, you know, I don't know, they're going home and night watching the show cops and wanting to live that, you know, like a Miami Dade County cop or something, but they're, they're out in the sticks in upstate New York. So they're just, I mean, they would bust their grandmother if they could, if she was going five miles over the speed limit, it was really ridiculous. So I wasn't so they, trying, I wasn't trying so they, cases that I wanted, you know, like a child molester rapist or something that I want to put away. I mm-hmm. was trying, somebody stole a, a, a slim Jim from the quickie. It's mark. like they call a grandma because she's got a gram of weed on her. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they love those drug busts. They love. <laughs> if somebody had a joint on them, they would ruin a college kid's, you know, financial aid, busting him for yep. like half a smoked joint. I'm mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me with this? That's one so of my I, firings was from a smoked joint at the World Series when we won. I was at the game, uh, Boston Red Sox World Series 2013, and then. Well, that's after, not a failure. That's right a after we won, I was like, hey, you guys mind if I light up with Jay as two coworkers? And they said they didn't, but they clearly did because I got wow. fired from the job. Oh, well, there's the failure. But the uh, the world, you got to go to the World Series, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I moved out to Colorado, right? As they legalized marijuana. So meaning mm-hmm. it, it, I didn't want to work there. I got fired. Usually I quit mentally before I get fired. Right. But I like your approach to, to like trying to do the right thing. Cause in law, I would be similarly confused as to which path do I go down so that I screw over the least amount of people. Mm. So I think prosecutor makes sense, but then you're still going to have to deal with being on the team of the police who might be doing some overzealous stuff. And that's what happened. And so I left that and I went into civil practice and I worked, I moved back to my home or my home state of Alabama. And uh, I worked for a large firm in securities law and because it's a large firm they represented these big banks like bank of america against the sec and stuff well uh the actually this was after oh the 08 the uh after the 08 crash there were a ton of cases where um you know people felt like they had been misled by their brokers to invest in certain you know uh mutual funds or stocks or whatever and it all crashed and they lost all their money so they're suing Merrill Lynch and Bank, Bank of America, and we represent them. And here's the thing on that. It's a big firm. We're representing a big bank. You know, our billable hours are $300 an hour. And, you know, there's 10 of us working on one case against like a little old lady who just, you know, her husband's died and she took his, the life insurance policy, maybe it's 400000 or something, goes to a Merrill Lynch advisor. He says, give me your 400000 I'll get you a 15% return on it every year. It crashes. That four hundred thousand is less than a hundred thousand now. So what does she do? She, it's when they're doing those ninja loans, right? No income, no job. Yeah. Well, she, th- this was big bank stuff, so uh, it's not the not the like cash advance type places or not not those kind of loans and stuff. I mean, they were doing some sketchy shit, even when the, even the big ones with the CDN ends or whatever. If you saw the big short, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why the market crashed. I mean, right. I was gonna say I'm not to get into all that, but the reason why was like the the housing. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> I love this podcast already. Um, but, you know, what she's doing is she's going to just go to Joe Lawyer that's got the, you know, I'm Joe Smith Lawyer with the shingle hanging outside. And he's probably never had a security case. And that's okay. He, yeah, unless it's a slam dunk, she's screwed, right? I mean, there's 10 of us. And this is all we do. We specialize in it, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, he's probably a personal injury lawyer. He's like, oh, I'll take on a securities case. And we're just <laughs> 
slamming on, you know, like, hey, stocks are risky investments. You signed that it was on the prospectus. You signed the forms, you know, and I just I didn't do anything ethically wrong, but I had trouble sleeping at night. <laughs> you know, yep. I just like I know that game. I'm just not doing this. So I walked away like I'm working for a billionaire and he's playing his vendors late. I'm like, this just feels wrong. I know you can pay them on time. Why are you squeezing them out? You know, yeah. the little guy is losing because the big guy can do what he's doing you know it's it's shitty i couldn't play the game anymore i couldn't play the game anymore yeah and then also so first of all i started out my first job i got fired from was kpmg which is public accounting so i was doing stuff that i was saying this all the socks compliance that happened after stupid 0708 crash yeah we had to do like a ton more work because everything needed to be documented based on all the shady stuff that arthur anderson went down for with Enron and then also the uh, the whole housing crisis thing. I don't know which one it is because honestly, I was only a year and a half into my public accounting career. I wasn't going to do CPA. I had the Becker review stuff there in a box, like all the training. It's like four different, like you were doing law school LSATs or whatever you call them or yeah. passing the bar exam. I, I was like, ugh, I don't even want to do this accounting thing. And then I got to go do four different tests within like 18 months of each other and pass them all about different things. Like this sounds terrible. And then the partner who's in his forties or fifties is staying there till 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, this is the, the path. This is the, that was end game. That was, yeah. That was the other thing too. Is that like, uh, when I worked for that big firm, you know, there were people, you know, I was actually a staff attorney at the, at the big firm. And then the next step was associate. And then the next step is partner. And I was friends with, you know, some of the associates and would hang out with them. I mean, they're putting in 60, I mean, on occasion, like a 70, 80 hour work week because they're, mm-hmm. they're busting their ass to make partner. Yes, they're going to make a ton of money when they make partner. But I mean, you're going to give up like so much of your life. Yeah. And, to do- and they usually have to stay late, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say partner still. Uh, well, the partners did get away with a little bit more it depends golf on during the week and cigar sure. bar on a Tuesday lunch or whatever. But um Actually, I used to yeah. do that. Because <laughs> they're sick. I did it too. I mean, but they're yeah. sick of that. Like, oh, I worked so hard for this and now it still sucks. So I'm going to definitely do some of these weird little businessy yeah. things that I, uh, that are approved at least. But I was like, well, A, I didn't have a choice. They fired mm. me. So it didn't matter if I wanted to do it, but they made me write a resignation letter to them or something <laughs> like this seems backwards. I don't know why yeah. I have to write a resignation letter when I'm not resigning, but whatever. I'm just out of college. I assumed it helps me. Mm. And I think it might have. Point was, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, maybe it was better to get fired and go on unemployment or something. I don't know if I could have at the time, but I've learned every time I got fired, new tricks for what to do after you get fired. <laughs> and also how to not really care and, and have it reflect on yourself worth yeah. and that kind of stuff. So I can understand why that'd be draining. What, what was the last straw that made you go, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Did you storm out of like a thing after some specific? Case? No, you know, honestly, it was, uh, probably some bad habits that were developing, you know, like uh, just maybe drinking more than I should have, you know, just to kind of deal with it. So like going home, like, Oh my God, what a day, you know, and pouring some scotch or something. And then realizing like, man, this is like the third day in a row I've been drinking scotch when I come home, you know, that's not a regular person thing to do. So, you know, I, I, and I just, it was kind of a wake up. Well, I mean, <laughs> depends I like the regular, regular person, person thing to do. Yeah. I was like, that's not a, re- okay. If that's what we're going by, I am screwed. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, take it for what, you know, however you want, but and across the board, I'm not regular, but go ahead. I, well, I just, I realized that I was like, 
this is not where I want it to keep going. Let's put it that way. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I still enjoy a, a nice adult beverage every now and then, but like it was getting to the point where I'm like, <clears throat> you know, how, excuse me, how, um, you know, is this three nights a week going to turn into five nights a week? Is this going to turn into, Hey, I need a, a shot in the morning, you know? And so I'm like, this is, this is not where I want my life to go. So there was a, a kind of a epiphany moment right there where I was like, uh, this, I, I got to do something else. Life's too short to do this. It's going to plunder, plunder your soul. If you keep yep. doing it. Yes. Cause it would have, I've been to AA, NA, SLAA. If you know what that is. I don't know what, I know the other two. I know narcotics anonymous and, and AA, of course, sex and love addicts anonymous. Oh, wow. Meaning I was more on the love addict side, but whatever, going from relationship yeah. to relationship and all that jazz. But then um, I'm there and there's like guys who are like with a thousand prostitutes and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is not what <laughs> I am not at this level. So I don't need to be in this group, but uh, it makes me feel better at least. <laughs> is there an amateur group? This is kind of the pros. Is there like a, yeah. Can we get like a, just a, just some kind of not regular person version? <laughs> right. Uh, but, but point is I've struggled with addiction and it's definitely been related to wanting to just slow down my brain after all that crazy stuff with either corporate politics or whatever kind of yeah. stuff that yeah. that's stressful about it. Because especially if you're presenting like in front of people and stuff, there's probably a lot of masking that you have to do in terms of like hiding who your true self is because you're posturing yeah. in a certain way. You might even be lying in terms of like against what you would say in that scenario, just to say the thing that will win the case. Well, the uh, well, the, the good thing about this versus being a pro the prosecutor thing, I, I'm in the courtroom. You know, I, I was a trial mm -hmm. attorney in that instance. When I worked for the big firm, that was the other thing that was kind of shitty about the job is that, you know, I, I really wasn't doing the exciting stuff anymore. I, I was actually doing a lot of the paperwork. And you wanted to be with the Matlock, right? Yeah, right. Well, I had been Matlock as a prosecutor, and that was the <laughs> well, so he's a like defense attorney, but. But uh, no, I was just doing a bunch of the paperwork, uh, but the the I forgot where I was going, but there were, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I got you ready. So you're saying that uh, you didn't like doing the you weren't doing the fun stuff anymore. You were doing just the admin side of things. Yeah. But we were talking about lying in essence. And uh, and there was something that I was going to bring up. I don't know. It's, it just flew in my head and flew out. I know it's fine because I was I was thinking the Matlock performative time would be when you lie more. Wouldn't that be when you're having to yeah. posture well, and like act almost? Uh, if you were, a, if you are a defense attorney, sure. Um, but as a okay. prosecutor, the idea is anyway is supposed to be. Uh, I'm just going to lay as a prosecutor. I'm just going to lay out the facts. You know, in criminal law, the prosecutor turns their whole their whole file over to the defense before the trial. You can see all of my files. Yeah. you can see everything. That I, I can you're, see. You're going on babe, everything the cops said, everything everyone else said. So you're just well, all the information, really. all the evidence that, you know, it could be it could be things that were left behind at the scene or whatever. You know, just all the evidence that's gathered. This is what I've got. You know, you yep. can already imagine the case I'm going to make because the idea is that in criminal law, I mean, we won't go too far down a rabbit hole about law, but um, but innocent until proven guilty. You know, the standard is the standard is so high, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt yep. that. I, all I can do as a prosecutor is just here are all the facts I have. Here's the evidence. And then you, if I'm talking to a jury, you decide, do you think this person did this crime? You know, but if you're on the Matlock side, you got to be like coming up with all sorts of weird plays like exactly. Hail Mary yeah. type of things. That's where you like get into the lying on the criminal side or not lying, but spinning 
yeah probabilities spinning probabilities yeah and you don't always know if they're if they're actually innocent i remember where i was going on the civil side though because then it became all about billable hours now on the criminal side i work for the government so i just get it i get my salary you know and i get my salary for the big firm too but the reason they pay me my big salary is because i'm billing hours i'm billing the bank right so i hate even just matter number i just hearing that term just pisses me off billable hours no matter no matter number you guys call them matter numbers right that's how you bill it uh, we just call them uh well i mean we would bill in like uh if I talk to somebody for 15 minutes, you know, I, I still bill them for like one fourth of an hour. So the matter number, as far as not my memory is, is that whatever case it's related to had a number, you oh, know, and so like they'd be billing it under that case. And so you yes. need to make sure you give a matter. I don't know why this oh. sticks up. My mind is like a thing, matter <laughs> number. But I, I was like, if I go to the copy machine, I have to put that case number. There's a little, uh, if I just make five copies, that gets yeah. billed to that client. So maybe it's case number in your in your instance and wherever I was, they were calling it a matter number. I don't know, but it was in Colorado. Yeah. But I was like, just annoyed that we had to break up our time. The time we were helping them out or whatever we were doing into all these different things where they were breaking up. It was like so frustrating because they would do PDFs and I'm an Excel guy. Yeah. And I'm like, just goddamn, give, <laughs> give me the give me the detail, please. Well, the, the, uh, back to the original point, the uh, I had a partner say to me, now, this is a, a partner in the firm, and she said, hey, Mark, if if I'm in the shower in the morning before I even go to work and I'm thinking about the case, that is a billable hour. I'm like, what? Whoa. You're in the shower. taking this. She's like, I'm I'm strategizing. I'm using my mind and I'm, I'm thinking of what I'm going to do. So if I have spent some time in the shower thinking about that case and thinking about how what I'm going to do in terms of strategy, when I get out of the shower, I go right down. I spent 20 minutes on. That's insanity. That's like that taking the home office thing to the extreme where you that can. That is insanity. Take a I mean, that's a, that's just a lie. That doesn't count. You know, but no, I can't tell her that. She's my boss. Well, you can. <laughs> and then you get fired like me. I'm like, sorry, that you're not dumb, but that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I oh, say yeah. stuff like that. And you're not dumb, but that idea was just miserable. She's I wouldn't a, say she's like a partner. That. I'm not going to out her, but she's a partner at that firm. As Dang, far as I know, got still me like, screwed so many times as being not keep my mouth shut when I should have is what it really like, is. Wow, man. I got a bill. So I, I should work towards billing a full 24 hour. Like, while, if I dream about a case, can I build them? It's so funny because now podcasting, all we do is waste each other's time. We're getting no money. We're, <laughs> we can't bill each other a damn thing. And like, I'm an unpaid intern on my own stupid thing right now, basically, is how it is. And I'm. I say I'm podcrastinating from my actual thing at my company, which mm. again, like, I mean, it took me forever to get an ad on my podcast for my own company. And mm. now I just took off the one at the front and I'm only leaving one in the back because I just, I don't like ads. I'm also, my coupon codes never been used. So I know it's not converting from <laughs> failure guy to learning Excel. So it's like, yeah. why am I even doing it? Why not lube up the process? I, I tell less friction, less friction. I say on my I say on my podcast, I want to remain ad free because I know how annoying they are. And now I figured it was the perfect time for an ad break because we were just talking about how much we ate ads. Hopefully it'll be short. Here we go. Leadership, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy. It's ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A leadership development podcast told through the lens of Star Trek. 
the Starfleet Leadership Academy, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. So I, I, I'm trying to be listener supported. So I have a Patreon page and I've got a, I've got enough supporters that it pays for it. I don't think at the end after it's over and everyone already knows it's over. That's what I'm doing. Like, there's no way you're going to not know it's oh, yeah, over yeah. if you listen yeah, yeah. enough. Then just have an ad there. Yeah. If I, if I got a sponsor or an ad, if it was something that I believed in, I'm not just going to mm-hmm. like, like, I don't drink Coca-Cola. I don't drink yeah. Coca-Cola. If Coca-Cola came to me and said, hey, we want to, you know, in a spot. Well, I guess I do drink Coke. So Coke, if you're listening, please yeah, come to me. Please. Say. I don't even want to buy Coke anymore. It depends on how much they were going to pay. But you know, generally I would say like, nah, I don't drink Coke, so I'm just not going to do it. But if it was something that I believed in, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd promote it. We should come up with a network of people who have all different interests in their ad people. And then we can just, oh, you got a Coke guy? Give it to Ben. Oh, you got like a weird <laughs> like yogi teacher? Give it to, give it to Mark. Give it to Mark. <laughs> or whatever. Like, And we just trade. We just have like a media network and we trade off what we don't like. I have thought about, I think it's not a bad idea. Honestly, I I actually, I have thought about forming a podcast network because they already have one wide net podcast. Really? We're going to podcast a wide net. Wait, this exists or you're, you go to wide net podcast. Oh, yes, it did. And I, I upload on my app, you know, it goes to IMDb. So Ah. wide net podcast network is who is the production company or whatever studio. I don't even know what the hell the term is because I forget what I marked it as. But I also put my main business as a main sponsor, which is just Excel exposure. I just want the, the page authority linking to my other stuff, you know, so links to my failure which was broken the other day, but it's still coming up like number two when you search who is the world's number one failure, which nobody searches for anyways. But yeah, my unofficial goal is I want someone to ask Alexa, who's the world's number one failure? And then they say my name. That's really all I'm doing it for. Do you listen to any... There. Do you listen to any big time podcasts? Yes, I do. And I which one on it because he does a QA piece, but uh, Seth Godin, Akimbo, if you've ever heard okay. of it. If you haven't, that's the one thing I would say. I never oh, tell yeah. anybody to listen to anything. And honestly, right. it's a solo podcast with only just a QA at the end, but he is unbelievable. He's the best author, mm-hmm. most empathetic person I've ever met. I've talked to him on Zoom and stuff like that. I haven't met him in person, but he is fantastic he's written a bunch of books that you should read if you haven't but um I'll look it up seth godin um, akimbo is the new okay. podcast and then he's got some books like um this is marketing mm-hmm. purple cow the practice a bunch of things but i would suggest any of them because he's, he's the man go ahead well the reason well the reason i ask is because uh the, the one you know big time with a full production staff and everything that I listen to is called revisionist history. It's, it's by Malcolm Gladwell. He's a, he's a, I love him. Yep. yep. Yeah. Malcolm Blink, Gladwell. Blink and uh, all those other yep. ones. <clears throat> and uh, right. So they have a, he has a, a podcast production company called Pushkin and you know, that's how I found like 10 other podcasts. And then that's when I got the, uh, the idea of like, um, you know, why don't I, why don't I form, a mm-hmm. confederation of podcasts. Like, why don't I get with some other podcasts? Let's do like, it. Cause yeah. I did this by myself, but I only have one podcast. So like, if you go to the thing I sent you in the chat, we'll take yeah, just sorry, seconds, click it. Okay. Meaning I've got fake podcasts linked up to real domains. I own that are not <laughs> even yet a podcast. So meaning if I can get other people to just be involved sure. and then we say, Hey, whoever Coke or whoever we all agree on, <laughs> right. we can get on all these podcasts at once. 
<laughs> yeah, don't, but whatever the fuck amount of money. Well, we're gonna have to show them like analytics and stuff, though, right? That we actually have listeners. Yeah, but if we combine our, on those shows, I've got great downloads. I'm not gonna be able to do it with 15 of my own podcasts or whatever the hell right. it is on there, you know. So yep. I'm down to make. I mean, Wide Net Podcast Network is not even an LLC. It's a nothing. Like it's a made up thing that I'm umbrellaing my whole thing under. But I'm happy I to love use it. it for us. I love it. I'm in. <laughs> because no one goes there i just have like logos if you scroll down it's like alternative logos for some yeah. of them orange collar crime is dope so we should do that oh we okay. need to do a podcast because there's no <laughs> such thing as orange collar crime green collar crime is crimes against the planet all right red collar crime is when white collar crime gets violent orange <laughs> collar crime in my mind is prison related crimes you were a lawyer mm -hmm. so they have a jumpsuit orange jumpsuit so right, orange I collar can... and then yep. maybe how they got into jail what happened there? Maybe there's corrupt guards. You know more about the jail part than I do, honestly. <laughs> I just came up with a stupid name. I was like, which color crime does not exist yet? Okay. That's nice. What could it be? <laughs> so we could do a true crime, orange color crime. I have orange color crimes and orangecolorcrime.com already. So most of them actually go to a real website. I'm an idiot. I have like 75 domains. So our, our mutual friend, Sarah, she's A, probably going to like that she got a shout out on this episode. And then B. Yep. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, hey Sarah, and the beach. She's gonna be like, "Yes, I put these two together. Now I'm formed the Orange uh, Podcast." Yeah, and then someone else <laughs> the can edit Prime it because that's podcast. my problem. I can talk forever, but editing is such a pain. I don't know yeah. if you have the same problem. I do. I had to. Well, I had to learn it all from scratch, dude. Man. Before I started this, I thought like, "Okay, I'll start a podcast. I'll hit record, record a conversation. Boom, done." Uh-huh, man. I mean, I had to learn video editing. I had to learn sound editing. I had to learn a little bit about mark. I had to learn a lot about marketing. You know, there is so much more that goes into this. I had been doing 10 years of like Excel training videos online before that. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of video editing stuff. I wasn't paying attention to the audio as much because it was mostly mm -hmm. screen recordings of me doing stuff in Excel. So if, I mean, there'd be like ambulances in the background because I was recording on a headset at work after hours. So I cared about the video. So first then I was like, oh no, when I'm in this now, I only got audio. So I really got to focus on getting good at that. So it's kind of like starting from scratch, but also I had done enough to know more than starting at zero, which is sound like yeah. where you were starting at. I started at zero. I started at negative something. Cause I mean, <laughs> when I first downloaded my first audio, uh, uh, software, uh, sound editing software. I'm like, what'd you use? Audacity? What? Audacity. Yeah. That's the the big one. Is that still what you use? It is. I went back to it. I tried some other stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, I guess Once because learn I got it, so, it's like, screw yeah, us, I got so know? comfortable. Right. I was like, and I don't have to, I'm not like Dr. Dre. I'm not like mixing beats in the, in the sound studio. I just need to take out background noise. I need to like take out my ums and my, you knows and, uh, take out a, a lot of my <gasps> breathing in air. That takes forever though. If you're doing it manually, it does. It, it it's does. like you're like, that's all I got to do. But it's really it like does. right now, I finally realized after doing it where I did each individual step over and over. And now I realize, oh, I can just save a favorite. And then I can also save a template for mm. with all the stuff that's the beginning and the end. So like mm. I was going through every menu item and remembering the order. I was clicking things. I'm like, oh, I can just save a favorite. And it goes through all those things at once. And so like mm. now all that's the easy part. And the ums and ahs are still a pain in my ass and I can see the waveform coming. I'm like, I know it. I, I was going to, I was going to say the same thing. It's like, I'm looking. It's like, uh, draw yours, draw yours on a piece of paper and tell me what yours looks like. I'm going to draw my waveform. Don't, don't taint my mind. 
meaning I want to see how close we come. I'm just going to draw what I think it looks like vaguely. Yeah. No one can see this anyways. I'm doing it now. I can't draw very well, but it's just lines. But Me neither. I'm terrible. It looks like a dog's face, actually. But I whatever. Don't, don't, Hold on. I'm I mean, I'm already like done. Me. Hang on. Okay. Hang All right. What's yours look like? Let's see get closer. Mine. See, mine's, mine's always fat, fat at the front and then. Oh, wow. Dumps off on the, like a boot. Yeah. Mine's, you can see mine's a little <laughs> fatter at the front. That's my, um, as soon as I see this little blob, I'm like, I know well, exactly what that this is. This one's for everybody else. Cause I don't care about myself as much, but everybody else's arms look like this shit. <laughs> that, at least we both know what we think an um looks like. Cause sometimes I'm wrong. Like that's an, um, and I was like, Oh, it was an and I'm 98% correct. When I'm looking through and I, before I've even listened to it, I just see that little blob. I'm like, that's an, um, and, you know, hopefully I, we should do a contest sometime, a challenge. Hopefully I can isolate. I can isolate it. The problem is when the um is attached to whatever comes out of my mouth after. So if I say, yep. um, I was a lawyer or something, you know, it's too close and I can't take it out. Or like in Zoom, I have it recorded a separate audio file for you and a separate audio file for me. So mm -hmm. if I if you say um or I'm talking over you or not, it's like we've done it multiple times. But when I release it, it's going to be I move my shit. Uh, away from you so like oh that's that's fancy we don't talk over each other that's fancy <laughs> and you can't tell that i'm interrupting half the time but it means <laughs> i every time i interrupt i'm like fuck i gotta edit that and i gotta move that <laughs> so it's like i'm trying to get better you, you're ahead of me i just leave the interruptions in i just yeah well see i want it to be a failure guy thing i don't want it to be a piece of shit podcast stuff, so i want to like over edit it but then leaving me pronouncing the name wrong even and like it's like sounds like i'm not editing it it's stupid well, the, like it's, here's the funny thing too a weird line when i first started i uh i was like just hyper conscious of i would go through editing and i would take everything out and i would just play with like normalization and compression and and, I, and it was just i would toy with it so much it sounded unnatural. It was actually, yeah. If I just left a lot of it in, because when you're looking at it at that granular level, you're like, oh, there's a little bit of silence. Let me move it out. And then it sounds like absolute garbage when it's just choppy, right? Fast stuff. It, it makes it choppy. And, uh, and the other thing I had to consider when I'm doing sound editing is I'm listening to it with like some kind of major league headphones here. So I can actually hear everything. But we, if somebody's just listening to this on their iPod in the car, yep. they don't actually hear all that little stuff that I, I can hear. So what you're saying is a trick that I came up with, but now that I don't have a car anymore, I can't do it, which is just put it on your phone after you remaster the levels and the stuff, and then just let's do it in your car and then write down all the minutes or all the timestamps that stick out to you as a listener. Cause it's going to be so, I, I usually have like 10 or less, but when I'm looking at the waveform, there's probably like a 300 edits to it. I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Why? And I don't have a car to listen to it. And so I'm like, cause there's no way they're going to know, but, at the same time, it's like this is the this guest's one chance at being yeah. immortalized on my show. Right. Make sure I take the time to if they say I'm a lot, I, I gotta do it. I can't tell them well, you I, can't do it. I, I you, always do a I, I think a decent job sound editing because I, I do get compliments on like, hey man, your sound quality is great. Because a lot of indie podcasts, there are a lot of people who are kind of lazy about it. They just they do just hit record. You sound great now though even before post-processing, meaning that's part of it too. A lot of people are using, I have AirPods in to hear you, but I'm not talking through them. Like people to talk through them or talk through something with latency or talk, just random headphones. You can't control that of your guest, and then you got to punch it up. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that there? There are podcasters, though. I mean, the guests. Yeah, that's one thing. I can't really. I can't send them a microphone, but um, but there are podcasters who yep. do their podcasts over their little laptop speaker, and, and the sound is crap. And then they don't edit it, and I'm like, I am not listening to. The, I barely have time to listen to my own podcast. I, five seconds, and I'm out. I'm like, this is crap, man. I'm not no. listening. To so I have the same kind of bar for my own, yeah, quality, and I don't care if nobody else cares as much i do know that it'll differentiate myself from all those ones that we're talking about yeah and i also want to make it like i want to get good at it so that i know when i do have someone else edit it what i'm looking for and what i can tell them what to do yeah because so, i've dealt with the pain of doing it like a hundred times or whatever by the time <laughs> right. i finally give up the reins yeah if i if i get the budget i could hire a production team now and like train them hey this is how i want you to edit it you <laughs> know I was going to say, be careful. I mean, if you want to hear of another failure real quick, uh, I years ago, I was in Japan. I was working for a, a corporation that and doing curriculum development. And I was assigned to this project where we were developing software for um, that was supposed to go to universities all over Japan to mm -hmm. like there was English teaching software and we had tests, you know, quizzes in there and, and listening. And even my voice was recorded as some of the the listening exercises and all this, but we had uh, hired this um, uh, company in Thailand to do the production of the, the, we, you know, we didn't have any tech people on our end that mm -hmm. could do like, you know, so that when a student is got their software in, this was 15, this is more than 15, years, almost 20 years ago. So it wasn't like you, you would just upload it on the internet. These were going to be like CDs. And so you put your CD in and, um, you know, you'd be able to like listen to a sentence and then, put, you know, choose a box and move it over to the right spot, whatever. We had hired this company in Thailand and it was garbage, dude. So much money got spent on just paying me and like these three other people to do the, the create the curriculum. I mean, just so much money on salaries. That's yeah. all I did. And then we were paying the main project manager to go fly down to Thailand like every other month and talk to those guys and it it was just trash well so that's when i learned it's not in any, not in any university in japan at all nobody bought it nothing zero so that's when i learned that i was over editing stuff because i'm like i'm making sound i want to like jam pack full of content to jing excel but it's like i can't rush through it or they can't follow along so like i was cutting everything too quick and I'm and they're like, can you slow down a bit? And I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea how much time it took to speed it up. So before we get into the last couple of questions, which are more forward looking, mm -hmm. is there any other thoughts on failure or mistakes or learning from them that you'd like to convey to the listeners before we get into uh, some of the more forward looking stuff? Well, you know, I, I am a firm believer in the whole like, you know, it's it's not how many times you fail, it's how many times you get up kind of uh idea and i do just keep it's in my email it's a japanese proverb yeah it, it says is. fall down seven times seven get up eight times, get up eight yeah it's in my email i'm gonna send an email right now so you know i'm not lying go ahead awesome <laughs> and uh and you know i'm a believer in that but i'm also a realistic practical person man it hurts to fail it hurts you know the law school thing I, and there's you know when uh when i was filling out the questionnaire for the for the podcast I was like, man, which story do I even tell? I've got tons of failure stories. You filled it out more than anyone else has ever filled it out, <laughs> by the way. Most people that's, barely even put anything there. That's the lawyer in me. But I, uh, you know, I got tons of failure stories. And so I was like, I fell over and over again. 
and it hurts every single time. But I, I, you know, if I were going to have a quote on my emails, it would be the Winston Churchill quote. Like (laughs) it's real simple. It's just like, never, never, never give up or something like that. Okay. I was like, anybody could have said that, but I guess Winston Churchill said it at the right moment in time. Yeah. Everyone's like, give up. So, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that kind of was the thing. You know, it was a dire situation and, you know, 1939, 1940, whatever, 41. And, um, but, you know, never, never, never give up. So, yeah, I I believe that stuff. For never, never, for never, never. (laughs) Okay. So, that's an outcast for motivation. yeah. Yeah. So, being a guest on the show, I usually pick something random to hand you because you get a, what's called a get out of fail free card All right. which is similar to the get out of jail free card except it's a random business card from somebody who i forget who it is i'm handing it to you can you take this boop okay All right. all right now you've got the get out of fail free card uh-huh. this you can use and you can go back in time or whatever you however you want to think about it you can pursue something that you've avoided because of the amount of failure involved but you would not fail you'd be able to cash this card in so that you could go be that actor or whatever, or movie star, or a screenplay writer, or a stand-up comic, or someone who goes to the gym. I don't care what the thing is. I'm not trying to point you in a direction. I'm saying, what is it for you that you've avoided because you thought you couldn't do it, or that there's too much failure? Not that I couldn't do it, but I one of the other failures, and this is weird because of where I, 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 I do sort of have a little regret about not ever doing the military. And I didn't want to be a career guy. I know that's crazy, man, especially considering my politics, because, you know, I I lean left. But obviously I didn't expect that at all. Yep. Well, you know, I wanted when I was coming out of law school, I applied to be a JAG, a lawyer in um, like I would know. I guess you couldn't fail. Yeah, that'd be a different thing. I'm like, I would never go on and go back in time and maybe be killed in in battle. I don't either. I don't either. I just I guess. But your your card would work. It would protect you. Get out of fail free card. Okay. I, you know, and I'm on the spot here. I was trying to come up with something, but I just, there's occasionally, I think of a, or, you know, a better one. Okay. Edit that out. A better one. You could leave. You could. Sure. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll I'll be listening to all this and I'll edit it out because I'll hear us talking about this. You can make it your promo. I don't, you can leave it in and make it your promo if you want. You do whatever Uh, you want with the video. I don't give a shit. So we'll both figure out what we do. Uh, I'll I'll tell you a better answer. I, I probably, instead of a JD, Instead of the law degree, a Juris Doctor, instead of the JD, I probably would pursue the PhD. In law? I mean, or, you can do it in anything. No, a P, I, yeah, I probably do it in, you know, my, my bachelor's in political science. Get I, out of fail free. It doesn't matter what you know. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to know? What do you want to be a PhD in? Well, that changes too. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. It can be anything. It could be anything right now. What, what do you, if you could instantly be a PhD in? Women's studies. Japanese history. Okay, Japanese no, history. Japanese history. Yep. Awesome. I would love to be an expert in Japanese history because it's it's a lot. We think we got a lot of history in America. <laughs> Multiply that by 10 and you you might. Oh, yeah. Even different parts of America. I'm from Salem, Massachusetts, where there's like oh, the witch buildings from the 1600s and stuff. And I come out yeah. to, I'm in Kansas now, and it's like, what's an old house? It's like 1900 or before is like ancient. I'm like, what? Right. I just went to a temple. I just went to a temple that was like 800 years old. So yeah. like you're talking like, you know, it was like from the year 1200, you know, like America wasn't even, it was just native Americans then. I can't even imagine learning the Japanese language with the, with the alphabet, let alone being a historian of all the shit that happened prior to that. 
no thank you i have no idea i've been to china and yeah. essentially the two languages look identical to me so i know that i'm going to have a struggle of a time figuring out how to draw mm. well i guess i'd use a keyboard but even that i've seen them use keyboards and it's insane they like paint it gets easier i mean not paint but they like build it they build the character yeah, yeah. it and gets like, a lot easier oh. once you realize how the system works it gets, it gets a lot through you but... it does not get easier but it well it does but i will tell you that japanese pushed out any other language i had in my head because i had studied spanish growing up and i could actually get by in spanish um you know decently i couldn't like watch a movie but i could get by in it i could have a I'm conversation the same way. i took it five years and i could like i had yeah. roommates from spain and i mm -hmm. could pick up beats bits and pieces of what they said right but when i i took on because they were doing so fast yeah but when i took on japanese in college and then i've lived here this is sort of my third time to come over and i'm here now for life um you know it's just pushed all that spanish away i can't i can't even remember hola but you know yeah como estas, you had to you purge <laughs> i did i had to just so you can have space you got to defrag pretty much that's it <laughs> well no, okay no, so you'd be you'd have a phd in Japanese history, Japanese history. And then, and then what could you do with it? Jack shit uh, teach at a university. That's, that's it. That's all. Man. Or, or lead a museum tour. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I would definitely pick something that made me financially free. So I could then do whatever weirdo things. I want to be happy. Meaning I got him. I want to be happy more. Than, yeah. So the only way I can learn something is by fucking it up or, or realizing it doesn't exist so if you tell me money doesn't make me happy i gotta i gotta live that and realize that that's the case before i'll believe it and i have you i was to a, i was a lawyer and i had the money and i'm telling you i was miserable well i mean i made like up to one hundred twenty thousand a year but i also had tons of debt and also spent like a madman but i want to have an obscene amount of money so then i realize for sure i want to be like the guy from stained uh yeah aaron whatever his name was he was still uh, mad when he was rich i want to be like i want to get that version be like okay i, I finally you. get it let me go do all the meditation i was trying to do but i gotta <laughs> i gotta be like maybe it for you it doesn't but i don't know yeah yeah. i need to be comfortable i can barely take care of myself and the dog so uh, you know the more money you have the more comfort you have to a certain degree and then after that it doesn't matter but mm. you know if i was gonna have a kid or something i i couldn't do it couldn't financially it, right? <laughs> right yeah exactly so meaning there's a certain amount of money that does provide the ability for happiness you know yeah well I, yeah i mean i don't want to be poor i don't want to be broke man i mean that same you know, that sucks <laughs> but, yeah but i i can but negative i mean last year i had negative money in my bank account yeah but i mean they, but to go to answer the question i don't want to i don't want to have a phd in like uh I, I don't know accounting finance or something yeah, yeah right, of course not. <laughs> meaning you could do anything else you could be right. like a movie star with your get out of fail free card then go do oh, japanese history on the side yeah i don't want to i don't want to be a movie star though i uh whatever makes you money i'm saying but it'll also oh, you, you. Yeah. you can be like the best podcaster ever who makes yeah, a ton that, of money i want to be there you we know, go joe rogan without being an asshole yeah <laughs> joe uh i think honestly at some point it's going to flip to when well first of all there's not going to be so many i guess what i'm saying is like when when there's back in the day there's only so many channels on tv right there's a guaranteed number of people who are going to be watching whatever one of those 12 channels right now we're at the point where there's podcasts everywhere and so like yeah. we went from like the couple channels thing where it was like just wtf and whatever joe rogan and stuff 
now yeah. it's going to the other extreme where there's like content creators and all sorts. So I'm hoping that people like you and me who are just doing the authentic, legit stuff and not trying to at all add any vanity besides mm -hmm. polish to the audio product, mm -hmm. we'll, we will hopefully get. I'm going to weather the storm. I'm going to weather the storm. Yeah, there are way too many podcasts. There was a guy who tweeted the other day. He was like, hey, if you don't have a podcast, I want you to follow me. You know, or I want to follow you or something. He was just making a joke about how many people have a podcast. And I'm like, well, so Seth you know, Godin, the guy I was talking about, he used to say, if you had over 100 episodes, he'd be on your podcast no matter what. And I've confirmed with him via email and on Zoom that that is no longer the case because there's just too many podcasts. So my official unofficial goal was to make 100 podcast episodes so that yeah. I can get Seth Godin. Now my unofficial goal is to get him before 100 podcasts because then that would mean I. Yeah, then you really you did better than extreme. Yeah. Who nice. knows? What does Chartable yeah. say you're at, by the way? What's that? Do you have Chartable? No, I, don't, Chartable? I, I go to uh, Listen Notes. Listen Notes are top 10%. I mean, which is not, how do I, how do I, it sounds great. It's just, I think it's just list, listen notes.com or why doesn't Chartable also do all podcasts? I'll, I'll take a look. I, I wasn't because I'll show you like on Chartable. See, like, this I, is Chartable. So it's saying of global all podcasts, I'm in the top 10,000. Oh, wow. That's, I don't, which I don't that's, trust. So I want another good. source to tell me something yeah, like that. Go, go back to listen notes then. Go back to that one. And then, uh, hang on. Let's see where. Because yes, it's 2.815 million podcasts. So if Chartable's right and I'm in the top 10,000, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. You're you're killing me. Like not that it's a competition. But... I mean, I don't believe it. I don't. I, I got any. I need. No, I'm saying I need yeah, a I, third party that you trust to check where we stand next to each other. Well, the only the only one. Um, um, hey, I tell you what, let me pull Zoom back up. Uh, I don't want to waste your time. I know you got the other. Uh, this is not a waste of my time. Am I able to uh, screen share? Let I, I might have sure. to have Hold your. On. I got it. Wait. Who can screen yeah, share? Me Go permission. ahead. And now you can. This is insamish.com. This is uh, uh, the website, that, which I actually started before the um, podcast. And then the podcast got bigger. So now the website. So the, uh, the, the website just basically backs up my podcast now. And then so yeah. here's my where you can listen to the podcast on the website. And then there you go. You see my listen notes. You see it right there. So this is just some kind of badge that they give you. Yeah. Well, okay. So I embedded it. You can, and so I'm going to click on it and it'll take me to listen notes. Did that show up on your screen? So see, it says I've got a listen note score 27 global rank, uh, 10%, meaning top 10%, not bottom 10%. <laughs> Yeah, just play around with it, man. I don't know. I'll, I'll go play around with it, too, when we get offline, and I'll, uh, if I figure it out, I'll let you know. Because I did that months ago, I mean. and uh, Yeah, even Chartable, I wasn't sure how. I couldn't tell you how I hook it up <laughs> or how you hook it up. But yeah, apparently for the U.S. education podcast, I'm number 843, which, if that's true, but, I don't trust anybody because all the downloads or metrics are fucking weird. I don't either because – Dude, I got like when I was six months into this, I got an email and I can't remember what the who the entity was, but I was like I was in the top 20 in France under a category like uh, like society and culture or something like that. And I was like, so I was number 125 in Nigeria for education on Chartable. And I was like, who in France is listening to Zen Sandwich? So then I go to my host. 
And I I look at those analytics and it does show me who downloads from what country, not who specifically, but it shows me how many downloads I get from a country. And I had like 10 downloads in France. I'm like, I'm in the top 20 with like nine downloads. Because no one, no one in wherever is listening. Maybe it's like of. So, for example, I'm number 11, according to Good Pods in Indie Entrepreneur Podcasts. But I'm pretty sure that's only of the subset of people that have submitted to Good Pods. (laughs) You know, not right. right not so. I want to make sure I get all the fucking info so that yeah. I can, because now I I, can, I don't I'll, know what to download is to be honest. I'll tell you something else. I've I've uh, come to um, after more than a year of podcasting. I, I've stopped obsessing about numbers because it just. I just want to make sure it's going up. Whatever the number is, I don't care as long as it's not going down. I don't care. Just focus on the quality and the, well, go. It, you can't just again. My goal is number of episodes. So. No matter what, okay. that's the goal. The but I still want to see how they're doing. I, when I started out, I was trying to do four episodes a week, man. I was trying to pull the Joe Rogan thing off. No way. I didn't realize how, like how much work is involved, you know. So the second to last question before we ask people where to go to find you would be: What's the big thing you're going to fail at next? What's the thing that you're gonna, <laughs> as I say, instead of fake it till you make it, you fail it till you nail it. Man, that's. I haven't given that any thought. I guess are I, you I switching don't... to live streaming. Are you doing any more video stuff instead of just audio? Oh, I see. Like what part of podcasting even? If that's easy. Now I'm sure you that now I can maybe come up with something because I am sure there's going to be a lot more failures ahead of me on the podcasting thing. Um, well, hmm, I don't know. I you know I I might have tried to monetize too early. Um, uh, I, I don't know and. I guess I want to be careful about how with Patreon because you said you were uh, not keep it ad free. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I I wonder if I tried to monetize too quickly with um, Patreon. Uh, I mean, I've got enough supporters that actually it pays for my podcast. So with, it's voluntary. It's great. It's not. It's only for bonus stuff, right? Meaning your regular podcast goes out and they just get bonuses for signing up. Yeah. What I do is like, I I give them the full video if they want. I I make little extra videos here in Japan because, you know, all those Patreon supporters are in America. So, and I don't think, well, not all of them. I have a a few that are here in Japan, but most of them are in America and have not been to Japan. So like, I'll just take some video of me having some ramen or something. (laughs) And and it's just like a little bonus. Not that they want to see me eating ramen, but you know, they'll get, they, (laughs) apparently they, uh, they get, they get to be inside, you know, a, they get to virtually be inside a ramen restaurant in Tokyo or whatever. Isn't it funny that like getting, getting a peek into what we consider to be just our normal shitty regular is, is like a bonus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, if I, if I were into Romania, but I hadn't been and somebody's like showing me all like, that's a bar in Romania. That's so awesome. You know, I could see getting excited about it. So I know that there are people who like, wow, that's so cool. How do you, you know, they want to hear me order a bowl of ramen in Japanese. And so just people who are hearing me talk to you and they're jealous of me getting to talk to you. There's people (laughs) listening to you talk to me and maybe getting jealous that you could talk to me. Neither one of us gives a shit that we're talking to each other probably because we don't value our own self as much as someone else might. Now it's funny you did bring that up because I I have brought that up with, I got to uh, interview these two artists uh, that are on Twitter. They have huge followings, like hundred thousands of people. And, uh, and, the, these are my highest downloaded episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten to interview them each individually 
once and then I, I got them together and it was the first time they had even spoken to each other. And that was a huge episode for me. And I'd mentioned in the episode, I'm like, you know, all of your fans are going to be totally jealous of me because I get to talk to you guys <laughs> and, uh, and they laughed and I'm like, it's true. It's totally true. And, um, you know, I, Carol Baskin, Oliver, like I'm big sure. cat supporter people who are like, yeah. oh my God, or whatever yeah, documentary fans. I don't know. I was amazed that I got to talk to her, but I wasn't blown away from a f- true fan standpoint. Like mm. I would with Seth Godin or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that'd you be weren't starstruck. Experience. But for us yeah. to be stars in any sense is hilarious to me because yeah. I don't feel that way. Also, if I become successful be a, being the world's number one failure, that's the funniest thing that I've ever done. <laughs> so, I mean, working 15 years in six figure jobs and not being able to do it, but then call yourself the number one piece of shit. <laughs> well, if I can, if I can help you fail in any way, just let me know. I'll, I'm here for you. Yeah. I, don't, I can't even avoid it. It's like, a, it's, it's absolutely guaranteed. So since we're running on time and I've got another interview that or like, it's not an interview. It's just a dude I'm talking to right. where can people go to find your uh, stuff? Where do you want to point them if they want to get a hold of you or not get a hold of you or listen to you? Sure. Uh, so if they, uh, I would love for them to go download an episode of Zen sandwich. And so they can find it anywhere. They listen to podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, just type in the search Zen sandwich. I'm the only one and it'll show up. I got 75 episodes there. They can listen to it on zensandwich.com because I've got a player embedded, but it won't have the show notes with it, unfortunately. So go Google it on, you know, just go Google Zen Sandwich. And um, if you don't know, just Google a pod. How are you listening to mine? Use the same thing, probably. Same thing. I'm everywhere that any other podcast is. And uh, so, yeah. And if uh, we're not, let us out. both know because we want to get there, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, they can follow me on social media. On I do four and I'm on I'm Zen Sandwich on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Insta. But actually, my big my bread and butter uh, social media is LinkedIn. And there, you can't use your. I have a Zen Sandwich page, yeah. but follow me, Mark Reed. Yeah, I hate that I have a company page for Failure Guy on LinkedIn, but like I know I want to take Zen Sandwich down because it doesn't right really. It's getting no traction. I kind of want to get rid of my thing too, but that's where because I post all my old. Episode you know, people that things. follow me personally, that's where I actually put my promos and stuff, you know, and then that's where I get listeners. So I really don't me even too. use that page. So follow Mark Reed on LinkedIn. All the other ones you can follow Zen Sandwich. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate you being uh, vulnerable and sharing your stories and all that other stuff that I say every time. But I do appreciate you being, being here. <laughs> Did I relive it? I'm going to go cry now because I had to bring up my failures. <laughs> relive it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mark. Hey, it was was a pleasure, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.